Welcome to Lady T Speaks Podcast. I am your host, Tamika, bringing you stories of triumph and inspiration. Today's guest is a life coach, the author of the book titled Shifted Masterpiece, a story of love and horror in Savannah, Georgia. She's also a founder and executive director of Shifted Masterpiece Incorporated. Welcome to Talented V Life. Hi, V. How are you? Well, no pain, no gain, no grief, no strife. The struggle is over, Tamika Rice. It is time to speak life, not strife. Hello to you and your fabulous guests. Thank you so much for having us on your show. I'm just super, super excited about being here. How are you today? Thank you. Amen. Thank you. I'm loving your energy, Miss V. I love it. So, Thank you. So, so. You and I had previous conversation and you were telling me this awesome story about your son who you said, I believe he's nine years old and he's an entrepreneur and he had a wonderful business idea that you're helping to grow. Can you tell us about that? Oh, of course. I love talking about my son. He is so awesome and really a lifesaver. He, like you said, is an entrepreneur, came home one day and told me that he wanted to start a business. He saw me paying another kid, uh, going door to door, knocking on doors during the, this particular summer, asking folk whether or not he could clean their uh, mailboxes. <laughs> I chuckled, of course. I said, why are you putting a mailbox? The good thing is that, um, you know, the birds had already attacked the mailbox. So, yeah, of course, we need it cleaned. And I did happen to have a little cash in my pocket to, to offer the young man. But my son watched this entire transaction go on. And at the end, he saw that after the kid did the work, he actually uh, got paid to do some work. And that's when my son said, he was seven at the time, and he's like, well, Mommy, I want to start my own business, too. No, no, and that's I said, right. Yes, ma'am. And I said, wow, he didn't understand that his mom has an entrepreneurial spirit. And that was like um, the bells and whistles went off in my head, and I could see the stars and fireworks and everything going on because, like, he doesn't know that those, that was like the voice of an angel magically appearing and, and speaking to me and being in, in God's presence right there when he said, Mommy, I, I want to start a business. That's how awesome it was to hear him say those sweet words. I'm like, son, do you even know how long I've been waiting to hear you say something like that to me? I didn't know it was going to be then. So uh, he uh, had his own idea of what he wanted to do. He said he wanted to sell some water. And I said, all right, son, go right ahead. And he. Uh, Went in my refrigerator, my thermos, my everything, my posters, my markers, and <laughs> came outside, pulled my table out the garage. This young man had set up shop outside in front of our yard. He had a little table set up, his thermos, everything, a cooler, waiting for some customers to pass by. He had his little sign that said, Cafe, or Water Cafe. That was the name of it. It was called Water Cafe. And so here he is outside, and it was so hot. And I just watching him, he what, he didn't mind the heat. He didn't mind anything, but he's waiting for these customers to come. And he stayed outside for a good two hours. And, of course, I'm just monitoring him through, during this time. He didn't give up. He um, packed up. He said, well, Mommy, no one purchased anything from me today. And he was a little disheartened about it. But the next day, you know, or that, that night he put everything away, he cleared everything up. And he, the next day he said to me, well, mommy, I'm getting ready to go to work. 
Okay, okay. And I said, all right, son, that's what I'm talking about. Go make that money, son. Go make that money. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so he proceeds to go outside, and, and he sets up shop again. But, of course, he comes back in because no one's outside. There. We don't have a lot of foot traffic in the in the neighborhood. So he's a little discouraged. He's like, Mommy, nobody came out again. But I'm gonna I'm gonna sell this water and I had almost gotten to the point because I was feeling bad. I'm like, Man, nobody bought anything for my kid today <laughs> you know, getting that little helicopter mom energy going. I was thinking that we could perhaps go to you know, maybe drive him around and see if we saw any people in the in the neighborhood and probably stop here or there. So he didn't have to think about people coming to him. He could go to the people. Uh we said, well, maybe we could try that on the next day. And I said, well, in the meantime, why don't we look up some other business ideas? Since I know you want to start a business. Let's let's see what other things we could do uh, with your business. And he was just so excited. He's like, okay, mommy. And I was like, for real? <laughs> he didn't know who he was talking to, you know? And I said, yeah, let's, let's look up little other businesses that are a perfect fit for kids your age. And we uh, found some, some products that he would be able to do. He actually saw the soap. And at the time, he was really into, he's still into Legos, but he wanted, he started making soap in the shape of, um, of Legos. He can't say Legos for uh, proprietary reasons, trademark, but he can, he calls them Brit. So he makes soap in the shape of Brit. And I think that's the coolest, most awesome thing. He does the little uh, robot and then also the stackable bricks that kids can play with in the tub. But he also makes fragrance satchels. The fragrance satchels are the smell good items that you can wear. And now as he's getting a little older, he's ready to develop the line a little more and looking to do something that's a little less labor intensive. Okay. And he's working on yeah, he's, <laughs> he's He got a plan. On, yeah, he has a plan. So he's been looking at how he could do develop something for men. So he's working on a men's cologne and also a fragrance for women. So it's some some more smell goods that are coming. I don't know if he'll continue with the soap right now, but it's, he's only ten, <laughs> so wow. he can, he has so much room to grow. Some things that I've learned along the way is we get behind our children and we just do what we can to support their endeavors. So I, one thing that I I learned from both myself and also from him is that he when you support your kids. And you see that they have a vision for something. Amen. You just you just showing some form of support for yeah, what they want to do. Yeah. You you never know what that small business, what that idea or thought can turn into. So we we have to do what we can to be an advocate for our children. And I'm going to share this with you too, Miss Tamika, is that my son was bullied in school, and having this business really boosted his self-esteem it improved his speaking skills he has no problem getting in front of an audience standing in front of them letting them know about his business and that he's a young entrepreneur he built that and said to me one day he also added on another uh, segment is to teach other children how to make the soap and how to start their own business so he's a young entrepreneur young speaker young motivator and all i can say is having him go from being the bully kid to feeling empowered to do more and to grow into something. He's no longer ashamed of who he is as a young male growing up in society today. He, he has, his esteem is 
didn't. Nice. And I'm just excited that I, you know, didn't uh, stifle him from being what he wanted to do. You know, he still has to yeah. do his schoolwork and his chores, of course. But just having that one thing to boost his, to motivate him and encourage him along the way to be a better and more productive citizen. And at the end of the day, he knows that I am his biggest supporter. I am his advocate. I am his friend. You know, a lot of times we say, well, your parent can't be your friend. Well, I am. You can be whatever you need to be for your kids. And And that's what I'm saying. If you have a kid, exactly. Some kids feel like they don't have any friends. So who can they turn to when they're in trouble, when they need someone to talk to, when they need just someone to encourage and motivate them, or someone that even though he looks up to me because it's just the two of us. But see, that whole thing about being bullied and and the whole uh, thing about of how you the importance of how you treat people and and how that trickles on to um, different areas in in the lives of in your life and the lives of others. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the fact that, you know, he's trying to start cologne line, which I think is amazing. And before you even. Yeah. So, like, how does a, a kidpreneur start? a line of scent or fragrance that way like how does it like, how did how do you how do you help him do that like where you know how how can you know how do how can you as a parent nurture that you know i think the people so, yes yeah. that, that's a great question and i think I said earlier that when he came and said that he wants to start a business that he didn't know who he was talking to okay. you know he knows that his mommy gets up and goes to work every day and he watches his mom, uh, you know, at her computer or, you know, working. I'm on the phone call with this person or that person. And he, he seen me on television. He seen me on in this place and on the radio. He sees me doing all these things. But I don't think at the time he had quite put it together. But what he didn't know is that his mom was a laboratory chemist for a good bit of time and also worked as a quality assurance manager and um, for, for several different uh, organizations. But also that his mom is also an entrepreneur. He didn't know all these things and he didn't know that I now help people build and establish businesses with their small business. They bring me the idea and I help them grow and develop those ideas into reality. He didn't know these things. So here here now I had this amazing opportunity to work with him mm-hmm. and develop a young person's dream or goal. So that coupled with what my nonprofit does, he didn't know these things. Mm-hmm. So as a chemist, when we looked at the different ideas on how to, our different businesses that children could start. Of course, we're, we're on Pinterest, we're on YouTube, we're, you know, just doing some, some research together and having a good time with it. And then we come across this soap. He's like, mommy, I want to do that. And I was like, for real? <laughs> wow. I, I'm going to teach you how to make soap. So I taught him the, the process and we get in the kitchen and we work together long you know, side by side, and we'll have these healthy conversations about what his products will look like. So, of course, as his momager, that's what we call it, as a parent manager, because, of course, he cannot do everything by himself. 
yeah. uh, at, at that at that age. I had to supervise every, each step of the way to make sure, of course, he has on a hairnet, he's wearing gloves, he cleans and disinfects the um, counters that he's going to work on prior to initiating any any of the work. These are just things that I'm I'm aware of because I worked in the lab. I've I've seen this process of other products, cosmetic products, and also some pharmaceutical products being made, developed. I was in research and development, and also quality and control. So with my background information, I couple that to teach him how to do all these things. So with the fragrance line, it's the same thing. Teaching him how the process works and, and also learning some different tricks of the trade. And That's we're it. also, now, I don't know everything, but we're learning it together. Well, yeah. well, thank God he has you as a mom and just with the background that you have, because then you can, you know, as you have given him more options to start his own business. So that's, Awesome, awesome, awesome. But first, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit. When I introduced you, I just said V-Life, and I do apologize for that. You are the V-Speaks Life, and I want to just make sure the listeners know that because I misquoted your name, and I do no, apologize No, no problem. V-Speaks Life, I'm just a sincere servant leader is all I am. Well, we want to know who you are, honey. We want to know who you are. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So tell me about, you know, we talked about your son, but now let's get into, you know, how you life coach and you wrote a book and you started, you know, uh, incorporation. Um, So if we could just, you know, elaborate on who is V Speaks Life? Like you are, um, where are you from? How about we start there? Sure. I am a native of Savannah, Georgia. Okay. Born, born, and, born and raised. I went to uh, college there as well. And I eventually moved away. I've lived in several different states. I eventually traveled back to Savannah, Georgia, met my husband, got married, and that's where my story developed. I didn't know at the time that that's what was going on, but yes, that's what, that's exactly what happened is my story develops in Savannah, Georgia, of course, coupled with all of my other life experiences to kind of give you an idea of who I am, where I'm from, and how I get things started or going or how I find myself in the position that I found myself in. Okay. Well, you know, do tell. (laughs) Well, you know, we talked about bullying a bit earlier and my son starting his business. I think I said that my son also saves my life. I said that not figuratively, but literally as, as well. My son has experienced me and he's witnessed me being attacked and abused by my uh, ex-husband. He has witnessed so many things of trauma in that sense. When we started the businesses, part of the business development and, and turning some things into more entrepreneurship and working and helping other women and children, it, it really started from there. Therapy for me, having an outlet to support the different experiences that I had. Now, if we want to go back into time and begin 
shift in how it all got started when I met my ex-husband. Of course, none of these things seemed to be in the in the work because I was oh so loved with him, Tamika. Oh my goodness, you I was know, in love with him. He it, was it's always like that. Yes. Yeah. He, he he swept me off my feet. He really did, and and I would I I do say that it was a whirlwind romance. I mean, he would he just treated me so well. He was opening doors for me, literally all doors: the car door, the front door, the back door. And of course, that was something that I always wanted was a chivalrous man. I always wanted someone that would just adore me as much as I adored them, and treated me really well. He was always saying sweet and nice things to me, telling me how beautiful I or he thought I was and how awesome he thought I was, how smart and, and just brave and wise. You know, all these nice things that he would say verbally, he was also treating me the same. You know, his actions matched his words when we were dating. And it was just so nice. I was excited. Yeah, I loved our conversations. Yeah. yeah, it was a fairy big tale. fairy tale. Yeah. And we um, we were great friends. We were best friends. We were really best friends. And, and I loved it. He was very supportive of everything that I wanted to do in life. Um, so what was the turning point? Well, this was, that's funny. So one day he um, came home and he asked me if I wanted to marry him. And I'm saying came home. He I, he asked me to hang out at his apartment one day and wait for him in, so we could have lunch together. Mm-hmm. So when he came in for lunch, that's when I, I almost stumbled over him. And he, he asked me to marry him. He had to bring, he was on his knee and asked me to marry him. And I was like, okay, <laughs> oh, yes, of course, yes. And then he was like, okay, let's go. And I said, say what? <laughs> this man was ready to go down to the courthouse and let's do it. And I was like, okay, you know, so here I am in all of my excitement. We we went and we went, got married that day. I um, was able to even get a white dress for it. But yeah. it was really, really nice. And yeah. I thought it was the sweetest thing. Very romantic. For the moment, I loved it. About two months in, now here I am in my career. I am a veteran, not military veteran, but a veteran in my career that had already had experience um, in both the teaching world, former educator, and also in corporate America. So I found myself to be pretty successful as a single uh, mother woman. I found myself pretty successful with my career and had a house and had a car, you know, I had material things, okay? What I didn't have was a life to share with someone else outside of my son. So when a husband came along, hey, this makes it all even better for me. Yes, it topped it all off. And here I find myself having to sell my house. I I had a house in another state. Of course, when you get married, you have to make that decision whether or not you're going to keep it, sell it, or what have you. But we ended up going on a trip to um, close on the house. I finally found someone to buy the house. Actually, it was really quick, actually, really blessed in that area. But he and I took a trip, an eight-hour excursion from Savannah, and that was the longest trip I ever experienced in my life. But prior to us getting on the road, I remember him coming home late 
I didn't understand. I'm like, where were you? You know, we I'm nagging and nitpicking because we were supposed to get on the road hours ago, but here he is coming in late. And of course, I'm I'm hot. I'm mad because because we were supposed to leave a little earlier, and I I knew why I wanted to leave early so that we could miss all this of the heavy traffic. You know, I know the road. I know you know certain periods of the day they're just not going to work out. And if you time it right, you can. Once you are, you can miss traffic leaving and you can miss traffic once you arrive to your destination and any traffic in between. So he missed that time by a few hours. And of course, I'm hot and bothered by his tardiness. And I'm letting, I'm, I don't have any problem explaining to him that I'm hot and bothered by the fact that he is tardy. And I recall being stuck in traffic, which made me even angrier. And I stopped talking and I said, okay, I'm not even going to say anything else. I'm just going to give him the silent treatment for the rest of the ride. That didn't help anything. I stopped talking to him. Of course, he's talking to me and I just ignore him. But I recall pointing my finger in his head. And I was like, you don't talk to me this kind of way. I'm getting kind of nasty and, and angry, letting him know you don't do that. And then I, I just completely lose it. I go off. Now I'm saying completely lose it. I didn't completely lose it, but I did go off. And I'm telling him and I point, point, point my fingers in his face. And I say, you did wrong. You weren't supposed to do that. And, and just kind of just say whatever I want to say. And my husband... We're still stuck in this a little bit. George's cars that just started moving just a little bit, but he just he wants to pull the car over to the side of the road, and he leans in toward me, and I um look, and I'm like what? And he leans in a little bit more, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> hey, baby, and then he leans in a little bit more to me, and here I am thinking, well, we're on the side of the road. I, and I, you know, close my eyes thinking that we're getting ready to make out on the side of the road, maybe. You know, got a little romantic moment. Don't judge me, I'm just saying. <laughs> he, leans in he leans in a little closer to me, and, he, and then that's when it happens. Bam! 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 Wow. This, my husband head-butted me three times on the side of the road, right down the shoulder in the, in the emergency shoulder. And I, I didn't know what happened or I couldn't, I couldn't explain any, anything. Never would I have ever imagined that my dear sweet husband would head-butt me. Like who, he head-butted me, not like a, not softly. It wasn't a soft. It was nothing soft, gentle, and sweet about it. It was a headbutt to damage, to hurt, to harm, possibly even kill me, depending on where he struck me in my head. Mm. And the first time he hit me, I didn't know what to expect, and it just happened. The second time, I was able to kind of back up and move my head a little bit. The third time, I blocked my face. And he ended up with a, a gas, you know, because my, my wedding ring caught him in his in his forehead. So he now has a permanent cross. Or it's, a, it's a mark in the shape of a cross on his forehead. And, of course, the blood was everywhere. My nose was shifted a bit. I never sought any help. So wait, you I didn't know. Did you just septum, basically? Yes. 
But I, I didn't, I didn't have any bleeding. Mine was more structural damage. But miraculously, I don't have any permanent damage oh, okay. on my face. I don't have any permanent damage on my on my face. So um, from, not not from that. So from this point and until you eventually got away from him, how much time passed? Like how how much time did you spend in this relationship with him that was abusive? Wow. And and let me what to answer your question. It was two years. Yeah. Two 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 years. And so the next question I'm sure is why why would you why would they in a relationship that long? And the main reason I think I just shared what I did to trigger in my mind to trigger that type of abuse toward me. So I blame myself and my actions for the first time and maybe the first the first 10 times something happened, you know, until well, I began to... Hmm? Well, let me say this to you. I just, you know, regardless to what, you know, the listeners may think, you know, I'm, you know, I've never been in that situation, so I can't relate. But what I can say is with any relationship and, you know, it's, it's really hard if you love someone and okay. just the shock of him putting his hands on you and you position in your mind to leave him. That's very, very difficult to do. It's not very easy to do. It really it's, is. It's not. It yeah. is not because a really difficult. So don't thing. blame yourself. In, in other words, well, don't I blame absolutely don't blame myself now. Yeah. That is, yeah. is a whole different story now, but at that time in those moments, the initial moment, yeah, I blame myself because of my play and my role in anything that led up to him putting his hands physically on me to um, hurt or harm me. So now looking back on things, I absolutely know that it wasn't, that none of it was my fault. Me telling him, you know, any and saying anything, no one ever has the right to put their hands on you for any reason, any reason, there is never an excuse for anyone to harm someone physically at all. So you ask, you know, how long was it? In those two years, I put up with physical, verbal, financial, spiritual abuse. Well, how did you finally get the strength to leave him? Well, that's another great question. I, after trying to leave several times, and not being able to do so, and also after um, me getting upset just so many times and seeing my son seeing these things, I was obviously ready to go. At the time, I was we were tied into a lease. The lease had, you know, it wasn't going to be over. So I figured, well, if I start putting my things on this side of the garage, you know, start packing things because I knew we weren't going to stay longer than that one year. But if I start packing and put his things on one side of the garage, put my things on the other side of the garage, um, that will help expedite the process when it's time to go. Um, and I wouldn't have to say anything. I'd just say, bye, see you later. he go his way and i go mine. But... It turned out that thing, my plight would just be a little different. My plight ended with him leaving me blinded in my eye. <laughs> what do you mean by blinded in your eye? He brutally attacked me one night. The last attack was the worst attack that I had experienced with him. And it was the, I saw my life flash before my eyes. And that's when I get into the story of 
my book shares, you know, it, it details everything that I experienced from the time we met until the time I started my nonprofit for, for domestic violence survivors. When I left him, he had, he scarred my face. Blind, he scratched the inside of my eye out, basically, left me blinded. My eye was swollen shut. I could not see for almost a month out of that eye. Mm. So, yeah. So, my, my, thankfully, my vision has soared by the grace and mercy of God. Mm. And I don't have um, any issues. My vision is a little blurry, but it's, um, I can see. And had, had that not happened that night, I don't know how things would have turned out. I don't know that I would have left. I don't know that I would have stayed. But I do know that I I had to get out of the relationship. That was the turning point of me escaping with my son. So I left with the clothes on my back. I grabbed some clothes for my son, and we picked up and started all over again. I'm glad you got out of there. That's crazy. So crazy. Yeah, yeah. So that was the that was the turning point for me. And even then, it it takes time. And then to any of your listeners, if you find yourself in a domestic violence situation, there's a national domestic violence awareness hotline, and that number is one eight hundred seven nine nine. That's seven two three three. Again, it's the National Domestic Violence Hotline. It's 1-800-799-7233 or 1-800-799-SAFE. SAFE. SAFE. If you can remember, 1-800-799-SAFE. That number, if you call that number, these are things I wish I knew. If you call that number, they will help you and your children escape safely so that you can get yourself in a, in a position of safety, save your, your life your children's lives and move on, help you move on with your life. Sources are, our resources are limited. So donations are accepted to help women get into housing. And it's usually emergency housing for uh, things of this nature. And, you know, it's just all about saving a life at this point, not putting one organization over another organization. They all help. They all um, are trying to be in a position to help any person that's impacted by domestic violence. And, one thing, other thing that I like to share is that it takes time. You know, when I left, I didn't know if I was going to go back, if I was going, if I just needed some time to myself to think or how to really do that, because you begin to detoxify from all of the bad variables that have been um, placed in your life. If you're away from that abuser long enough, and you begin to see the love that other people have for you, no matter what just someone just being nice or kind to you and you begin to come out of that cloud of, of abuse. You come out of the, the white space where you think, oh, well, the world is wrapped up or revolving around this person. And it's not once you, once you get out, but you have to get out in order to see reality because what's going on in the house, yes, it's real. Yes, it's happening, but your true reality is not that of abuse. Your true reality is that a life filled with love and joy. That's what God has for you. God says that he knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you. Thoughts of peace, love, hope, and prosperity. Not thoughts of abuse and I'm going to beat you up every day. That's not what God has for us. And that's not how life is supposed to be designed. But you don't know that until you see it for yourself. And as we teach our children 
we teach our daughters, we teach our sons how to treat people. And that's why I used the word bullying earlier. My ex-husband abuser was a bully. When did the bullying start? Did the bullying start when he was a kid? Or did the bullying start when he became an adult? Hurt it people, hurt people. Somewhere. Hurt people, exactly. hurt people, yeah. There you go. There you go. So there are some form of healing that's necessary for both the abuser and the abused. Yeah. Wow. What a what a story you have. I wonder, um, you know, was he abusive towards your son? He was not. And my son loved him so much. And I've asked, I, I never witnessed him being abusive to my son. I've never seen him hit my son or anything like that. And my son loved him a lot. He really loved him. It wasn't his father father however he they did have a good relationship with with each other they did so explaining things afterward was difficult and it took more of me you know saying you know asking my son because he saw my face he saw he lived with me in my face looking you know it distorted for over a month there so he would sit on my lap and he's like, mommy, what happened to your face? He would ask me this every day. <laughs> my son would ask me this every day. Mommy, what happened to your face? My baby, don't worry about mommy's face. Mommy will be okay. Turned into son, this is what happened to my face and actually explaining it to him so that he knows what happened to his mom so that he knows when he grows up, he's not going to do that to anybody else. Because he saw how much pain his mommy was in. And so that he knows what domestic violence is. That wasn't a term that I used. You know, domestic violence, what is that? So, you know, I, where did this come from? I didn't know anything about this. You know, in, in the movies that we see, we don't see the result. Now we're talking about it. So now we have the Me Too movement. Now we have, you know, our grassroots movements, our campaigns going on, and people being a lot more vocal about what's happening to them. Now we have the Surviving R. Kelly series. Now we have all these different things to shed light on this epidemic. Yeah. And so now that's what I do. I now shed light on this epidemic in my life with my story uh, or with my book, with our, our nonprofit, and with the different events that we host in the community. So let's start with your nonprofit. Tell me what role does Shifted Masterpiece Incorporated play in helping survivors of domestic violence? So awesome. So awesome. So Shifted Masterpiece Incorporated is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we support domestic violence survivors and at-risk youth by providing them with the tools and resources they need to enhance their lives via small uh, business development, career development, and even personal development. We give them the essential skills they need to move on with their lives, helping them put the pieces back together again and have something greater on the other side. So Shifted Masterpieces where we help others master their piece, P-E-A-C-E. <laughs> That's beautiful. And how about what events do you have coming up? I know I'm based in Philadelphia, um, but our listeners could be anywhere. So yes. what are some of your events? So yes, ma'am. We're located here physically in the Atlanta, Georgia area, and we host an open mic every 
first Saturday of the month. That we have one coming up, but it's every first Saturday of the month. You can find us in Lilburn, Georgia, at a Taste of Paradise restaurant from 7:30 p.m. to 10 p.m. And we have Tamika. When I say we have an amazing time, we have an amazing time. We do it to raise awareness to a domestic violence in the community but we do it in a to ha- allow others to come in and lift their voices for the voiceless and use this platform as an avenue and a way for them to share their life experiences and tell their own stories some of them are happy some of them are sad we don't know what we're going to get each month it's again it's open mic we have musicians we have spoken word artists we have our fabulous dj to come and spin on the ones and twos (laughs) we have an amazing time and the whole point of it is to share in the art you know so people through through their artwork through their poetry through their songs through their um even through their visual art they have an opportunity to express themselves so you find that sense of therapy within them expressing themselves through their artwork and, and sharing it then. And you can find us at uh, shiftedmasterpiece.org. That's S-H-I-F-T-E-D-M-A-S-T-E-R-P-I-E-C-E dot O-R-G. That's shiftedmasterpiece.org. You can find um, more about it, get tickets for it. It's actually a free event. We, we accept donations. Uh, the, the standard donation for the performance is $5. And for anyone just wanting to come and enjoy, is a $7 donation. But there again, it's, a, it's not a mandatory donation, but that's the dollar amount that we set if they want to offer one. And we have so much fun. And we also have, on a, a routine basis or a quarterly basis, small business network mixers. This one that we have coming up is called a break out breakthrough it is going to allow entrepreneurs future entrepreneurs small business owners an opportunity to mingle with each other and master a new trade or skill we have a couple workshop topics that um, will allow them to come in and learn a few things like small business development and management business etiquette branding and marketing your um, business and also monetizing and expanding their businesses. So we have some really great things in store for them. Do you have um, any contact information if they just want to reach out to you? You know, because some people could be extremely motivated by your story and reach out to you about your book, about your nonprofit. They may even want your life coaching services. So is there a number or an email address specifically to reach you? Yes, um, they can reach me at www.vspeaklife.com. That's V-S-P-E-A-K-L-I-F-E.com. I assist folks with um, that also want to become an author. I help people start businesses. And sometimes people just want to talk. So I'm an ear that can listen to anyone that wants to talk through their experience. And I too will help you develop an escape plan if you are in a domestic violence situation. So it'd be my pleasure to meet you. So just reach out to me. All of your contact information will be posted on applicable social media platforms such as uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. V, you Thank are you. such a lovely, lovely, lovely guest. It was my pleasure meeting Bless you, talking you. to you, um, interviewing you, and I, there's tremendous value in everything that you do. And I really appreciate you took the time to come on this show to uh, let us know, let us know who you are. Thank you very much.
Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure and an honor to be on your show. And thank you for sharing this platform so that we can share our great news with others. That's really awesome. We need more rock stars like you in the community. (laughs) Thank you very much. This is Lady T Speaks. 